If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Charlemagne the God is as close to a household name as you get in modern-day radio. He's an entrepreneur, investor, and mental health advocate. He's also passionate about black people taking ownership wherever we play. A 2019 Nielsen report stated that African Americans spend more time consuming video on their smartphones compared to the total population. Same black people spend nearly 30 hours a week on websites and apps on their smartphones. More than three hours more than all consumers as a whole. And we over-index on YouTube and Facebook. I asked Charlemagne the God about what it takes for black people to not only see technology as a medium for consumption, but a new wealth opportunity, a place where we can build. I think the biggest landmine actually is the information, right? Like how many people are really thinking about being in the tech world? Like we're, we're quick to download the latest, you know, app. We'll download Twitter, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the TikToks, you know, whatever it is. And we're, 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 we're so quick to be consumers, but how many people are actually learning coding? You know, like how many people are taking advantage of, of that? So to me, I think the biggest landmine is just lack of knowledge on what it is we're actually consuming all the time. You know, and it is realizing that you don't have to just go in there and, you know, you know, buy some clothes. You can own the store. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. That's the, the biggest landmine is just lack of information. Like, who's going to be the, the cool black tech guy that makes other black kids want to be in the tech world? Like, who's going to be the man that they see make a couple billion dollars and be like, oh. I need to get into tech because we're visual people, you know. You see one LeBron, now everybody want to be LeBron. You see one Drake, now everybody want to be Drake. So it's just like, who's going to be that in the tech world? That's why, you know, people like Robert Smith are so important. You know, that's why people like, you know, even a Byron Allen is important. Because I just feel like black kids need to see them and realize what are their stories? You know, how did they get started? What fields were they into that made them 
who they are. Because, you know, like I said, we're visual people. So once we see them, then we'll be like, oh, well, maybe I need to be in that space. The biggest thing that we can have is ownership nowadays. And this isn't a new concept. Like, this is an old concept. This is what, you know, Elijah Muhammad has been talking about. Owning your own, you know, doing for self. Like, like this is what Marcus Garvey, like, this is what they've always told us that we need to do. I just think that we're the first generation that actually has the resources and the knowledge to be able to make those ownership dreams a reality. I'm Will Lucas and this is Black Tech, Green Money. Now I'm gonna introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds and brilliant ideas. If you're black and building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. People are seeing that there's value in creating the tools. And I think people are like, yo, let's go after it. Let's get after it. But I think that the way that this internet and people are able to get money and break themselves in the internet, I think that that's just opened up so many doors to people. That's Brian Michael Cox, music producer and songwriter responsible for more than 100 million album sales, 35 number one hits, and 12 Grammy nominations, including nine wins. While he's less known for his business and entrepreneurial prowess, people are starting to take notice. He owns a production company and internet music label, December 1st, a clothing line, Nerds Get the Girls, and partnered with Studio Linked to create both a VST, which is a virtual synthesizer, and a masterclass where he teaches production and songwriting lessons. Brian has been a friend of mine for close to 20 years, and I wanted to get his thoughts on the deep relationship between music and technology that many of us may not fully appreciate and how black people are in the perfect position to create new distribution channels for our creativity. Channels that we can own. You know, if we think back to the, you know, the earlier stages of like recorded music, you know what I mean? People don't like to use the word technology when it comes to like things from the early 20th century or late 20th century, but that, late 19th century, but that was technology. So if you know, when people had the, the advent of record players, the advent of vinyl, the advent of, you know what I mean? The, the, all the way down to the, you know, 70s, you know, furniture, stereos, you know what I mean? All that stuff is technology. So you think about how we used to record music. We used to record music straight to vinyl, you know what I mean? And they would take that vinyl press and then go duplicate that vinyl, you know what I mean? Um, then it evolved into, you know, recording, you know, re recording studios with four track recorders, then eight track recorders, then 16 tracks, and then two, you know what I mean? Um, throughout the years. So every 10 years, there's always been an advancement of technology synonymous with music. You know what I mean? So you think about the 60s, if you if you are familiar with uh the Beach Boys, and there was a record, you know, that they made that was like changed the whole wave of how people recorded music because the leader of the Beach Boys was laying all these sounds because they had all this access that they never had before to different tracks and multiple tracks. Um, and he was able to put all these different things into this, you know, into this, into this music that changed the way people made music. Um, you know, technology has always been synonymous with music. Um, you fast forward to, you know, in the 70s where it's eight track vinyl, cassette becomes a huge thing because now people are able to do portable, you know, it's the portable cassettes, you know, people have Walkmans, the whole thing. And then in, in the 80s when they introduced us to, this, to the compact disc concept and how that changed the whole, you know, 
landscape of the music business and all of this is technology that always that's been developed you know that that has been developed you know what i mean or or been in development for decades you know what i mean and it just kind of as as things start pushing forward i feel like technology leads to music right mm -hmm. so um when things become super digital in the in the late 70s early 80s technology led that you know what I'm saying? So you go to the studio, now you're able to record things digitally. There's digital audio tape. There's digital, you know, recording uh, uh, consoles. There's yeah, digital, yeah. you know, there's digital outboard gear that's making the sound crisp, you know, more crisp. All of that has to be developed. You know, all of that was developed to enhance uh, the, or, or to progress the, 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 the trajectory of recorded music. And then how do we put this stuff out? So then of course now technology has to lead the way of how things are released. And I feel like because we've been, especially me being in the music business, we don't really view it like, oh, well, we're part of the technology business, but we are, if we understood exactly, we don't mean how yeah, things yeah, yeah. go, why things <laughs> are the way they are. We're part of that business too. And I feel like now we're in a space where people are starting to really, really realize that technology and music have always been synonymous. And now we can see it being synonymous through the advent of the internet um, and the way that people are able to release music, market music, um, you know, there are no more gatekeepers per se. That's so right. I think the gatekeepers is kind of what, what kept us from noticing the actual connection that technology and music actually have you know what i mean yeah. but now there's no gatekeepers now man it's like it's 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 literally wild wild west right now you know what i mean and i don't think it's ever going to go back i think you know you can't really put a you can't really control the world wide web man yeah Let, let's, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let, let's talk about that that trajectory of production because you know you know, I've had the pleasure of seeing you work in the studio and you work mm -hmm. with you in the studio. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you, uh, to your point, you know, if you rewind 15, 20 years, you know, you were working with Dats and, you know, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. And now it is, you are equally almost have to be good at programming as you are. If, if you have to low, have, if you know how to play at all, you don't even have to know how to play an instrument. Yeah. You have to know how to program, program. an yeah. instrument. So talk about, technology from that lens and the music production side like how much time are you learning are you spending learning new software oh i mean i'm i'm i, I like right now that's the beautiful thing about quarantine i've been able to really dive into software that i was like oh i'm gonna get to it i bought it i'm gonna get to it but when you're actively working you kind of just use what you've been using yeah and for me you know it, it the, the shift from logic to Ableton was a hard shift because I was in the middle of projects when I made that shift, you know what I mean? So learning Ableton in the midst of me making, you know, a Usher album or in the midst of me making a Monica album was difficult because I couldn't totally, I couldn't totally just shut logic off because I was in the middle of making records. But yeah. I wanted to learn this new thing. So I would take time to learn able to do, 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 you know, do my little online classes and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I couldn't totally just shut logic off. Um, in this quarantine, I've been able to just shut things off and say, yo, I want to learn FL. So I'm gonna shut um 
Ableton off for two weeks because I don't really have any proper deadlines. And if I do, I'm using Pro Tools, which I would never not use. Pro Tools is like my tape machine. So I'm using Pro Tools. So if Jermaine's sending me, you know, um, you know, stems from his NPC to do overdubs on, I'll just do that stuff in Pro Tools. And I, I use Pro Tools as just like a live, you know, a live tape machine versus versus programming in Pro Tools, even though I'm still programming, but the way that I approach it is like, oh, I'm using Pro Tools as a tape machine. So I'm playing things live down in the Pro Tools, I'm over the side down, do my copy and paste, send it back to, to JD, and that's how I've been working. But as far as my, my actual digital audio workstation, I've, I've been trying to stay away from Ableton. I've been really trying to lean on FL so I can learn, you know, it's easy. It's really easy, but the hard part was, being able to shut Ableton yeah. off. You know what I mean? So being able to shut Ableton off, I've been able to really dive into FL and now I'm diving into Cubase this week. Um, so it's like really, you know, it, 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 it's it's helpful when you're not in the middle of projects per se, you know what I mean? Or you're at the end of projects, like we're at the end of Usher's album. So everything is really pitched with overdubs and drops and stuff like that. It's not a whole lot, whole lot of writing, you know what I'm saying? Which is basically, I'm just in production mode when it comes to this Usher album right now. Um, and I do all that stuff in Pro Tools, so. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth. 
which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So you're spending an inordinate amount of time just just learning how to work new software. Navigate navigate software, which is programming. And I don't think we we don't we don't correlate the two because we're being creative, and we use that as a tool. Like, oh, this is just our tool to create music, but it's literally programming. And the way that I view like people who use FL, I view it kind of like how kind of like how when I was coming up, right? When we was coming up in elementary school and in middle school, you know, Steve Jobs did something very, very revolutionary, right? By, you know, he knew that he couldn't really compete with corporate America at the time. You know, you know, IBM was, was, the, was the standard, you know, Dell was the standard. These were the standard PCs in corporate America, right? So if you introduce Apple to corporate America, they, you know, there was some resistance. But what do you do? You say, okay, we're gonna raise up the next generation of computer users. So if we can't get into these big corporate offices and put put our systems in corporate offices, we'll put our systems in elementary schools and middle schools and high schools, you know what I mean? So. My first computer I ever worked on on a regular basis was an Apple IIe, you know, as a little kid. That keyboard, that Apple IIe keyboard is the same exact keyboard that we use right now on our MacBook Pros. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So what happens that as the program, as a kid, like my first computer I touched was an Apple IIe. So as they develop and you get older and you, you and you go to different schools, you, you, you go from elementary school to middle school to high school. By the time I got to high school, Macintoshes were in every high school that I, you know, that we that I knew. So in my high school, I was using Macintosh. So you graduate high school, and you know, my 12th grade years when I well, 11th grade years when I first started using like music software, Apple was the only company that was really making software for music, you know what I mean? Creative so, period. Yeah, so so as a creative, I'm like, well, I'm using Apple. So to this day, as a 42-year-old person who's been in music for 20-some years, all I've ever used Apple products. You know what I mean? If, if they're un, un, you know, unintentionally, or it might have been intentional on his part, but on our part, unintentionally creating their own consumer, right? Yeah. So FL is that same exact thing, right? So think about this. Now I use app, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an Apple user, right? But the average person in the corporate world, they're using PCs, right? That's right. So if you have a PC in your, in your, in your corporate world and um, 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 and you're my age and you might've gotten married young or you might have you know, a, a young child is 17, 18, you know, 15 years old, you know? And the only computer at the house is a PC and they wanna make music well, FL was giving, they were, it was free. FL used to be free. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you, 
back in the day, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, FL was free. It was a free download. So if your mom had a PC and you couldn't afford a Mac, of course you couldn't get a Mac because Mac was popping, you know, you yeah. paid $2,000 Mac, but your mom has a computer already. I'm going to download FL and I'm going to start making my little beats on FL. And people kind of shunned FL initially. Yeah, I remember. Professionals. I remember. You know, because it was a, it was like a game almost, like a video game, the way that we viewed it then, right? But what we didn't realize was happening is that they were basically building the future consumer. Now, yeah. all those kids that were making beats on FL 15 years ago are top one, hot 100 producers now. And <laughs> FL is the number one doll, you know what I mean, in the business right now. And all these kids that learn how to do is program. A lot of them are musicians. They just learn how to program. And they still don't even understand that that's what they're doing. I think that the key is trying to connect the dots and let people know, like, yo, you're a computer programmer, too. That's wow. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So you can actually not just make beats and program. You can create this shit. You can create something. You can actually do something with this that's way bigger than what you even, you're even thinking you're doing. You know, so that's, that's good. Yeah, and that was my next question because I remember when Fruity Loops was like, "Ah, oh, man, you like that's trash or whatever." You needed a you needed a big building with big NPCs, big keyboards, or you was not really doing this thing. The music industry embraces it when it's convenient, right? So there's a level of embracing it now because you can get records done for a fraction of the cost when we were making records. You know what I mean? But in the same breath. We were making records for the practice and the cost that our predecessors were making records for. You know what I mean? So it's just a now, um, it's just they they recognize it when it's convenient. You know what I mean? Now you can go get you can make a hit record for under a thousand dollars. You know what yeah, I mean? If you yeah. you know, you got to get the right creative person, you know, because everything you need is in your laptop, man. Everything, your 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 tape machine, your sounds. Your, you know what I mean? Your whole environment is in there. You can now that you can make the music, write the music, make the music, record the music, mix the music, master the music. Then if you want to just be on some super creative shit and you and, and you know you can't afford a camera, no, uh, uh, but let's say you can afford a camera and all that shit, then you can say, let me get a camera or use your phone. You know, people yeah. using their iPhones, making music videos with iPhones. And then you can, and then you can, you can edit. You know, you can make your video edit your video, you can colorize that joint, all of it. You can do everything that you want with this laptop. That's right. And now you can put it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now you can say, yo, I'm going to go to TuneCore or go to DistroKid or whatever, put my package together, put the album out, put the video out, all that shit. Like literally you could do every single thing yourself, which I think about when I was coming up and trying to send demos to like, you know, ARs and stuff like that. Like, Bro, like it was impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It literally was impossible. If I could just make music and put music out the way that these kids can, I would have had so many albums out back then. You know what I mean? But it's just, it wasn't available. But now it's available. And the record of the major label system has become almost a little bit obsolete, or it could be. It could become obsolete. I think that where major labels become, uh, uh, come in handy is they're like banks now. You know? The 100% like I wonder if it's especially, you know, in, in the types of environments we're living now, people are working from home, mm -hmm. you know, is the big studio 
a thing of the past in a way. And maybe for for the past several years, it's been you know on a, on a downward slide. But it's I remember taking a, it's taking a hit. It's taking a yeah. hit, man. You know, I remember when you could you could just have a studio in your house, and that was looked down upon. You needed to be at Doppler, or you needed to be at you know all these Whatever. big studios. And to your point, people, you are you can do all this on your laptop. And so, do you see? Um, a transition happening to where we're going back to the basics of like, look, we're getting the garage set up or the basement set up and mm-hmm. we're just going to do all of this stuff in this smaller footprint. I mean, it is, I mean, that's where we at. I feel like the studio business is definitely taking a hit. Um, you know, you could see, you definitely see it in, in New York city, really, really heavy in New York city because that's where studio business was a real thing up there and it's not anymore. You know what I mean? Um, in Atlanta, a lot of people just have their own studios. So it's, you know, people are, you know, people stopped kind of booking studios some years ago. Now, I mean, you still can book studios here, but it's not like the business wasn't really like the past couple of years has been like anyway, because everybody has their own spot, right? Um, LA is the only place where the studio business is still relevant and I think because there's a lot of just you know you when you're doing movies and you're doing you know when it's a big town like that it's a you know a lot of what they're doing is um based on that I think I think that for the most part though when it comes to making music people people make their own masters at the crib the quality is high because the you know the the access to um to to being able to manipulate the sound properly is is easy now. You know what I mean? It's easier to get access to that type of stuff. So um, the studio business definitely took a hit, man. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a person that enjoys going to the studio um, because that's just where I come from. You know what I mean? But a lot of these kids, they don't, you know what I mean? Like if, like if you ever see these kids go to the studio, like, you know, they don't even understand. They only use the studio for the speakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally like how I used to go to the studio and I would have to rent all this gear it was a process you know what I mean like these kids it's an aux cord a laptop and speakers that's it wow they don't even, the board don't get touched <laughs> nothing you just plug up it's a stereo you know fader on the board <laughs> with the aux cord and they do beats they make their beats like that and deuces chunk wow you know, right. it's really a it's really a new day in regards to that. The Black Growth Network from Blavity Inc. provides black small business owners and entrepreneurs with the funding, resources, and network needed to stabilize and grow their business. And you're invited to join our network of startups, angel investors, and VCs, which can open the door to even more funding and opportunities like pitch competitions. We're building black economic empowerment together. Check it out now at blackgrowthnetwork.com. That's blackgrowthnetwork.com. If you aren't subscribed to the Afrotech newsletter, are you really about that life? All the exclusive content and subscriber-only promotions can only be secured by becoming an Afrotech insider. Join for free now at join.afrotech.com.
Cox has been in the music business for more than 20 years, and he's seen a lot of people come and go. He's navigated a stellar solo production career, and still today produces alongside one of his mentors, Jermaine Dupree. He's a highly regarded DJ, and uses his digital platforms to further embed his name in the conversation. And he's leveraging his relationships and cultural capital for business success. So I, I think about um, the things that you've been able to accomplish in, in the business world. So I mean, you've successfully in a couple of different verticals transitioned from not just being seen as a creative, but also a businessman. And like, so a couple of years ago, you had the trophies of uh, virtual synth, um, the producer mind masterclass, the nerds get the girls shirts, mm -hmm. yep. you know? And so how, how have you seen your road in being respected as a businessman and not just a creative? I mean, for me, I feel like I just, I'm a person that utilizes all the tools that are there. Right. So I kind of feel like one day I woke up and said, yo, you know, I, I have some, some, you know, I have some traction or I have some bandwidth when it comes to social media. Right. How do I turn, how do I make this benefit what I'm trying to do? You know what I'm saying? How do I make the, the, the social media and the World Wide Web benefit what I'm doing? You know what I'm saying? Um, and how do I get these people who come to see me? Um, how do I engage them? And how do I make them say, you know what, I'll, I'll buy that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do they want from me, right? And so being that I've, you know, the music business, you know, can be, um, it's also a very, very, you know, uh, it's lifestyle. It could be a lifestyle business too. So it was like, what do I like, you know? I, you know, I wear, what do I wear? I wear t-shirts and sweats all the time. So let's figure out, like, I was like trying to do a clothing line. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do no line. Like, what does that, like, you know, it, it okay, doesn't yeah. feel authentic. Yeah, What's okay. authentic to me, right? I wear t-shirts and sweats for the most part. So let's, let's start there. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and that's where Nerds Get the Girls came from. Um, um, and just the whole lifestyle shit. It's just like, okay, me creating a, a VST, a virtual synth, makes sense because people come to my Instagram or my Facebook or my Twitter to see me create or to hear what I'm creating. And that's what people buy into, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, well, let me create a tool that I use that I know people are gonna go, you know, cause I, I mean, I do, I, I, what happens, I started doing these brand partnerships and started seeing how I was selling somebody else's brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they right. were like really, really, really on me. Like, you know, whether whether it was working with Akai, whether it was working with Native Instruments, whether it was working with, you know what I mean? All these other brands. And 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 looking at their bottom line, you know, uh shift because people are like, oh well, if Brian's using it, I'm gonna go buy it. Right. So I was like, okay, well, let me create something that that I own. That people would, that people could use that I that I own and I use, that people would use, and uh, we came up with the idea to do the partnership studio link for trophies, and it's been great because, you know, it's a business that a lot of producers, I think a lot of people don't even think about. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, and we're doing well. We're doing great numbers. And then, of course, my partnership with Studio Link led to us doing Producer Mind, 
which is something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do a master class. We was trying to figure out how to do it. And uh, we came up with a concept to produce of mine. From that, we have my, not only myself, we got Zaytoven, we got Scott Stoich. You know, we got some people on there that's really, you know, killing it. So, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, you, you have to be in a space where you have to have multiple streams of income, but I also want to do things that are, that are compatible to, to the brand I'm trying to build. You know what I mean? Particular to like your, your VST, I was I had this um, talk with Charlemagne, the God, and we were talking about how <laughs> we've been incredible consumers of the technology that's come out of Silicon Valley and et cetera. And his point was, you know, we have to start creating these. So it not just being the biggest, you know, influencers on TikTok and Instagram, but we need to be in the room building those things. And you did that with the VST. And so, but do you think other people in your industry have recognized that, yo, this is, there's a bigger opportunity here than just making a record, but creating I mean, the things that help create records? I think now for sure, you know what I'm saying? I think past maybe, you know, two or three years, people are seeing that there's value in creating the tools, you know what I mean? Um, and I think people are like, yo, let's go after it. Let's get after it. You know what I mean? Um, I guess it just, it would take, it takes time for people to, you know, kind of see past their immediate, you know, frontal vision, you know what I mean? Sometimes it takes time for you to see the panoramic view, you know? Um, but I think that with, with the way that, the way that this internet and people are able to get money and break themselves in the internet, I think that that's just opened up so many doors to people. You know what I mean? I think that's opened up a lot of people's eyes um, and they're trying to figure out, even if they don't know what they're doing, at least they're trying to figure out, you know what I mean? <laughs> what does this panoramic view look like? And uh, um, so I, I do believe that. I believe, I believe that people are trying to figure it out. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. 
I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Could, could we see a day where we have like micro distribution platforms? Because I think about, you know, um, you've had the Spotify's of the world and you've mm-hmm. had the titles and the Apple Musics and even like on my Apple TV, you know, like Disney broke off to create their own app. And now you can't just get that on um, inside the other apps that were there. Could, could you mm-hmm. imagine a day where December 1st has its own distribution outside of a Spotify or an Apple or a Drake OVO or a Kevin Gates breadwinners yeah. or so. Could you, could you imagine a day where, well, what has to happen to, for that to happen, to be successful? I feel like we never saw Spotify or Apple Music coming. You know what I mean? We never saw a title coming. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like the, based on like what Jimmy Iovine, when Jimmy Iovine realized that the record business was over as we knew it. The record business we knew, as we knew it was over. When he went to go meet with the guy from Intel and was like, yo, how do we stop piracy? How do we, this is when, you know, LimeWire and you know, all this shit was just running rampant. And the guy, the guy Intel told him, you know, sometimes man, like businesses, businesses change, man. Like sometimes it's not a bad idea to get out. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea to be getting out. You, you don't want to be the last guy selling a CD. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, so he was on that way before any of us knew what was happening. Right? So now we're in this stage of the business where this is, this is, this is it. Yes. This is where people consume music, this is where they get it. You know? So of course, the way that the music is distributed, you could disrupt that shit at any given point. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like for example, Dame Dash has his own Netflix, his own version That's right. of Netflix. That's right. That's right. Now, now, how many subscribers he have? Should I, we don't know all that, right? We do know that he has his own Netflix, basically. He's creating his own content for it. And it's all new content. It's all content you only get on his shit. So really, that model already exists. It's just he hasn't blown up yet. You know, it. it Somebody's got to break that mold, though. To your earlier point. Exactly. So who's going to be the first one to do it? Dame Dash is the first one to do it. And who's to say that he won't have a show finally that makes people say, "Yo," like that's why with Netflix, Netflix had Orange Is New Black. That's what made people come to Netflix. That's you know what I mean? There was content that people wanted to see that they could only get on Netflix. That's how people was like, well, I got to subscribe to Netflix. If I'm going to get Orange New Black, I got to subscribe. You know what I'm saying? So Dame is on the right path, 100%. He's only one step away from creating something that people are going to want to watch so bad. That's good. That's good. That they're going to, 
they're going to go and subscribe. Same thing with Tidal, right? Think about Tidal. The one thing that Tidal does that Apple Music and that Spotify and none of those other people do is that there's original content that you can't get nowhere else, whether it's Drink Champs, whether it's, you know, Elliot and BDOT with the, with the Rap Radar podcast, whether, you know what I mean, that people want to see. That's right. That's right. So if you want to see it, you're not going to see it on Apple Music. You're not going to see it on Spotify. You're not going to see it on others. You're only going to see it on Tidal. So guess what? If you want to see Drink Champs, you know, on before everybody else sees it, if you want to see the Rap Radar podcast, if you want to see the exclusive Beyonce uh, content, the exclusive Jay-Z content, if you want to see that, like, Streets is watching it on Tidal. Like, right. you can't get that nowhere else. You know what I mean? You know, so it's like, if you want to see that shit, then... You gotta, you gotta go to titles. That's why titles, you know, they are gonna be a force with this thing because they understand that that they, they create content that people wanna go see. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like going on YouTube and just a sea of all kinds of shit that you can see whenever you wanna see. It's like, so you have to be, so that's the thing. So the question was, will there be people with their own distribution, you know, outlets when mm-hmm. it comes to digital right. distribution. I, I I think it's already happening and people just gotta believe in themselves to just jump out there. Like Dame Dash believes in himself crazy because he's out there by himself right now. You know what I mean? Love it. But he sees it. He's like, yo, if, if, if Netflix can do it and nobody knew gave a fuck about Netflix, nobody knew about Netflix until they had some content people wanted to see. Love it, love that. I want to get your take on like generational wealth and longevity because, you know, you not you and I've talked about this before. It's like it's not always about being like the hottest thing in the moment, you know. And I, but from an industry perspective, the people who last in this, what has been the things that they've leaned on to last? Well, I got you know some really really incredible advice that I got early on. Is that you know this thing this thing is a um, this thing is a marathon. You know what I mean? It's not a sprint. Um, and I, I related, I, 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 I connected with that statement um, because I, you know, I, I wasn't much of an athlete, but when I, you know, the, the one sport that I was really good at was track and I ran long distance and people would be like, yo, how, how do you, how can you run cross country? How can you run? You know what I mean? And for me, it's just, I, it was about pacing. You pace yourself. You know, you, you know where to pace yourself. You got to know when to kick. You got to know when to fall back. You know what I mean? You know the thing about cross country is patience. And when somebody, you know, somebody told me that early on in my career, like, yo, you know, your life is a marathon. I, I connected with that because it was like, okay, it's like running cross country. You know what I mean? Know when to kick. You know what I'm saying? Know when to fall back. Pace yourself. You know, you, you can feel when your legs start shifting when you start losing energy in your legs and you have to but you have so much further to go and you want to win you know you want to win the race but you're like yo if i push now i know at the end i won't have it so let me let me let me fall back these three guys may feel like they beating me right now but in about three minutes after i get the proper after i recoup you know what i mean with this slight jog i'm doing i'm a kick when i kick i'm you know what I'm saying? And then I'm gonna go, you know, so it's just um life is a marathon, man. And it's just you have to know when to kick and when to fall back. And then and another thing is that Quincy Jones said something in this documentary that was that was, I mean, I I have watched the documentary a hundred times and I think out of 
out of all the time I watch it, this thing sticks out the most every time I watch it. He says that take care of the valleys. You know what I'm saying? The hills will take care of themselves. Mm. Yeah. All right? When you're up, when you're up, you're up. Yeah. I mean, everything that you want, everything that you need in life will be afforded to you when you're up. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody wants to be with a winner. The problem is, is when the valleys hit, and we all have valleys. The problem is when the valley, and, and that's what you need to pay attention to. And that's the thing that I feel like people, when you start making money, when you start really, really doing, you know, well in this business, um, a lot of times we don't pay attention to when valleys hit. We don't know, you know, we think that the highs are going to be highs forever. You know what I mean? The checks will keep coming. I'm going to keep doing these projects. I'm going to keep, you know what I mean? It feels like it's never going to stop. And then all of a sudden it fucking stops. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then it stops and you haven't prepared for the valleys. You haven't taken care of the valley. Um, you left everything up there at wow. the high. So now you're in the valley and you ain't got shit. And you're wow. trying to figure your way, you're trying to figure your way through. Um, those are some hard lessons I have to learn. You know what I mean? Um, and luckily for me, with the advent of the internet and the advent of like Instagram and social media and things of that nature, during my valleys, I was able to find another way to be relevant, you know? Um, but it was still hard, still, you know, it was still difficult, you know what I mean? Um, because when you're such, when you're such a high, you know what I mean? You, for such a long time too, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you feel like, yo, okay, well year five is gonna definitely, I'm gonna hit a valley. Oh no, year eight? I don't know. You know what I mean? Ten, 10 years, you know what I mean? You go 10 years, 12 years without really hitting a super low. You know what I mean? You feel like you almost feel invincible. Then that low hits, if you haven't prepared for it, then you um, know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult, difficult path for you. You know what I mean? Issa Ray has this quote where she said, you know, come up with the people around you. Don't always try to get this put on. You know, thing we have a tendency to try to network up, but it's really about yeah. networking across. And those are the people you need to build with. What do you say for people who only want to? They want to get to Brian. Like, if I can get to Brian, then Oof. I can. Then I can get there, right? If I can get this person to hear my demo, I can make it. I feel like there's value in that to a degree, right? Because somebody can always help you. Um, manifest your dream. You know what I mean? A lot of times it may take somebody who has a little more leverage in whatever field you're trying to get into. You know what I mean? Um, but I will say this. The majority of the help I've been able that I've been getting in my life for the past 15, 16 years have been directed from people that I came up with, whether it's the Shaka Zulus, whether it's the Alicia Butterfields, whether it's the, you know, Chaha Johnsons, whether it's, you know what I mean? Uh, Chris Hicks, like these are people who, Chris Hicks was a little, he, he, he helped me, he put me on. But if we look at it, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like we were learning that, we were learning together. You know what I mean? You know, I didn't go to a Clyde Davis. You know what I mean? It was like, we were, you know, Chris and Nooney and Ryan, they, we were all learning together. 
You know what I mean? Um, so I look at the people around me and the people who, who, who help me. Uh, the, the Ryan Glovers, the Noonies, the Chris Hicks, the Terry Rosses. Um, we were all, they were definitely ahead of me, but they weren't Jimmy Iovine. You know, they couldn't just cut a check and just save my life. We had to literally work, you know, learn together. And I needed them to guide me to get to those places. You know what I mean? Um, so I will say that, and then I look at my peers, like a Alicia Butterfield, Christy Henderson, um, you know, uh, um, um, and any help that I need, I could just reach out for them. You know what I mean? That's my network. We came up together, came from nothing. That's my network. So I always tell people your net worth determines your net worth, right? So at the end of the day, yeah, you could, like, it, it, moving up is, is, a, is a good thing. You know what I mean? If somebody can help you, who's, who's, who's in position to help you, if, if, if a, you know, if you're able to get to a puff or get to a, you know, a B Cox coach or B Cox, whoever, <laughs> right. You know, there's a, it's cool. You know what I mean? But yeah. at the end of the day, I can help you get to point B, but the, the people that you surround yourself with are the ones that's going to be your, your direct, you know, your direct anchor. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not gonna be able to call me for every little thing. I can't call Clive Davis for every little thing. So I can't call Jimmy Iovine or nothing. You know, I can't call, you know what I mean? But any, anything I got an issue with, anything I want to bounce off anybody, I, I, I bounce off, I can call Chris, easy. I can call Belisha, easy. I can call JQ, easy. I can call Jante, easy. You know what I mean? These are all people that we all came up together. So, Scooter, who's a, you know, he's the guy, but, the, but we came up together. So my relationship with Scooter is very different than the average person's relationship with Scooter. So if I need anything from, a, from any type of perspective, I can just call him. Um, that's a relationship that I built. That Nobody knew Scooter, you know, who knew that he was gonna be the guy he ended up becoming? You know what I'm saying? But that's the relationship that I had and we were friends before all of that. And he, holds that near and dear because he knows that I don't I'm not I'm not an opportunist when it comes to him. We're actually friends because we both didn't have shit coming up. You know what I'm saying? And we came up. You know what I mean? So you know the importance of having people around you or creating your network around you is I mean it's necessary because you might, you know, if you don't you know, when the valley's hit and you out there by yourself, whew. Yeah. My valley's hit, I was I, I was in a good space because I, I wasn't out there by myself. I had people who I came up with and we could help each other and lean on each other. You know what I mean? Brian Michael Cox. My brother. I've known you a long time, man. I appreciate you. You've always been a real no. one. I feel like I grew up around you. And so I, I, you I know, right? I appreciate you, man, more than you know. Well, I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, brother.
Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech. It's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas. With additional production support by Love Beach, Stephanie Ogbogu, and Raven Irabor. Special thank you to Micah Davis, Sankara Zavanyan, you know, like the wine. And yes, that's his real name. And Karika Green. Learn more about Brian Michael Cox and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Go get your money. Peace and love. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.